I'm writing this unorthodox biography of Lovecraft as a historian. I've discovered certain things about my subject you probably don't know, whether you are a Lovecraft aficionado or simply someone who picked up or downloaded this book and wants to see what all the fuss is about, why tentacles are everywhere. I've learned some odd things concerning how Lovecraft has been written about, defended, remembered, commodified, and obsessed over, that are as much, if not more, a part of his story than the anecdotes told by his first circle of admirers and repeated ever since. Library shelves sag with critical studies of the American master of horror. Most of them are written by a rather small group of people, some of whom have lived and breathed Lovecraft from their teen years in the early seventies. These Lovecraftians, and it's hard to know what else to call them, feel a sense of territoriality about him, how he's regarded, what he's remembered for, and they're very serious about it. At least one Lovecraft scholar stunned me by rather abruptly breaking off our correspondence when he began to fear that he'd said too much to an author whose book might, to use his word, denigrate Lovecraft. We soon resumed our online conversations with my assurance that, while I would tell a critical story about Lovecraft, I also hoped to add to what we know about a figure we both love and admire, if in distinct and complex ways. So, let's get this straight. I'm a fan of H.P. Lovecraft, with all that fandom implies. I was a fan going into this project, and I became even more of one as it proceeded. But it will not always seem that way. As a historian, I will highlight some aspects of his life that reflect and help us to understand the temper of the times, his, ours, and all that came between. This often means writing about issues that cause Lovecraft fans and detractors to work themselves into a lather. I don't expect either group to find their views fully reflected here. As tentative as I am about swimming out to the Devil's Reef at Innsmouth, things wait for us there that must be evoked, not only if we want to understand Lovecraft and his fiction, but if we want to understand the world he lived in and how it provided the raw materials for the cultural world we inhabit. So, I have some things to say about his sexuality that are both grounded in the sources and, at the same time, openly speculative about things we can't know but can thoughtfully and respectfully surmise. I also highlight the role of women in his life in a way that has not been done before by looking at previous biographers' evidence through a historical lens. I also make some claims about Lovecraft and his relationship to film, video games, comic books, and television that will, I think, show that he's become more than simply an important influence. He's the root of our current fascination with the fantastic in all its forms, while remaining, even to Lovecraft fans, an unknown and perhaps unknowable equation. Primarily, I wrote this book for people who know about Lovecraft and his tales, but only through hints, anecdotes, and fragmentary stories told word of mouth. You've heard of him. You've read The Call of Cthulhu. You want more. You want to understand why Gawker can use the adjective Lovecraftian to describe an obsidian-colored cheeseburger marketed in Japan in the fall of 2014, or why that person at work has a Cthulhu bumper sticker, or what's so funny about the Cthulhu for President campaign. You also want to know which stories to read, where to begin. 
I will spend some time on the ones in which new Lovecraft fans are most likely to discover his genius. Some of these are the well-known stories, some of these you've never heard of before. I see no reason to give a story synopsis for many of these, first because there are plenty of books that already do that, and second because I don't want to spoil them for you. As with Dagon and the Tomb, I spend more time on those tales that are the least famous. You won't find lengthy discussions of the tales considered the center of the Lovecraft canon by most scholars and enthusiasts. Those works, mostly written after 1926, that French novelist and Lovecraft admirer Michel Houellebecq called The Great Texts. Maybe you've already read them, and if you haven't, dark hints are enough. Let Lovecraft tell you these stories. Finally, this book will not ignore the issue of race.